0: and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle got Mike Brown to beat to the
1: last
2: line of defense and here goes Joseph Joseph's going to get over Watson goes on the outside oh Watson goes
1: <laughs> never on the outside. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans plugging the boys in blue black and white my name is Gabe and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom Tom how are you
2: very good, here yeah. A few weeks and a, a another season um, on the cards already, G. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I. And um, whilst Bath have
1: not stocked up with uh, reinforcements ahead of the new season, we've brought back an old favourite ahead of the new season, rejoining the podcast today from season one. Charlie, great to have you back on. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, very good, Gabe. Uh, good to be back. Obviously, like all of the best uh, New Zealand rugby players, I, I took a sabbatical <laughs> off to Japan, but now I'm back to you know get the wheels back on there, uh, on the road. But yeah, good, good to good, well, good to be back. It's great and to be, discuss all great things with great
2: you. to be back, Charlie. But you know, it's, it's all started to go quite well since you um, <laughs> since you were last on the podcast. So uh, um, I'm a little bit concerned as to what this season has in store now you're back with us.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm. uh...
1: You need to get in on the podcast Movember as well, mate. Because me and Tom are sporting some pretty nice Movembers, but you you know you need to get on the bandwagon.
2: Oh, gee, I didn't.
0: Yeah, no, honestly, I I I, I, I tuned in and almost had to turn it off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Seeing those god awful. I didn't know it's
2: yours, third G. I might have to go on uh, full (laughs) screen. But is that the full 15 days growth? Then is it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah I know it's not quite Merv Hughes is it
1: um, or trying yeah. to think of a rugby, famous rugby player with a moustache but um, yeah doing my bit and I uh, certainly saw a few interesting yeah. efforts from the England boys at the weekend as well um, but yeah as you said Tom new season upon us only six weeks since um, the end of the previous season the semi-final defeat against Exeter Chiefs um, and yeah it's all come on pretty quickly and I think we promised at the end of last podcast tom that we would do a review of the season um we kind of missed the boat on that we were doing so many podcasts towards the end of last season i think kind of we really wanted to have a little bit of a break come back uh, refreshed um but i think it's a good idea for us to kind of touch on last season a little bit um and why not kick us off charlie give us kind of your overall thoughts on how last season went for bath and and kind of how you assessed the the campaign
0: yeah, I mean, like, the first half of the season, if you like, was kind of just standard bath. It was a bit stop-start. We couldn't really catch rhythm. But, you know, after after the rugby restart, after the lockdown, um, you know, we we had a we had a good gig when we pulled it all together. And I think kind of show for, for such a long time is to actually get a full-strength bath team out because we had everyone that kind of was able to get over their injuries, get everyone together. And yeah, we just all full steam ahead, which was yeah, which 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 was great to see. But I mean, you know, it was ultimately like we obviously fell at the final hurdle uh, against Saracens, despite you know we did obviously sneak in through the back door into the top four, which was great. But kind of the big disappointment was not being able to turn over wasps, a kind of a, a cripple wasp side when we can really like stick the knife in at um, uh, that game at home and that's kind of what ultimately let us kind of miss out on actually fully deserving our place in, in, in the top four if you like because ultimately it was a fifth place finish but um, you know I think uh, we've definitely got a hell of good squads when <laughs> when it's all clicking and um, well, hopefully we can just bring that through into this season
2: yeah it's, it's, it's nice to, um, it's nice to hear your perspective on it because I think we've, um, you know, the, the podcasts and the games are coming so thick and fast. I think we were um, driving ourselves a little bit crazy. It was some roller coaster towards the end of that um, that last season with those two fantastic five point victories. Against Sale and Saracens when we conceded 13 points in 13 minutes or, or whatever it was, um, and then obviously brought to, to quite an abrupt end by um, you know a, a far better Exeter Chiefs side on the day. But I think you you know you you hit the nail on the head. We we showed some promise in the last two months and you know, we we should remember that that second part of that season was only, you know, a two month period. So very short, sharp burst. We showed glimpses, I think, um, of the quality that we showed back in our, um, you know, the, the period we always refer to the 2014, 15 season. Um, however, you know, we did have everyone fit, um, as you say, Um, You know, we had all our international quality, of which we lose so many. We had all our our international stars playing at the same time. Um, So I go into this season, G, with a little bit of trepidation. You know, on the one hand, um, I think we are building something. You know, the the recruitment's been great. Um, I think the coaching staff look to be working really, really well together. But there's always that kind of niggling sense in the back of my mind. You know, was it a false dawn? Can we maintain that kind of momentum over a seven-month Um, 2021 season um, particularly when we're losing guys to to international duty so I think for me it's mixed emotions going into to this season
1: yeah I think we were fortunate weren't we in that kind of last two months because yeah we did have all our players fit and we really did avoid any serious injuries Um, but I think it was a hugely successful campaign I really don't think that needs that, that that can be understated it was Stuart Hooper's first season Uh, as Bath head coach, it doesn't doesn't feel like that because the season lasted what felt like about 40 years. But it was his first season and and to kind of make the progress we made throughout the season is a testament to to the way we we, we were being coached. And I think it's also important to note that the head coach, Neil Hatley, didn't join until kind of, you know, a couple of months into the season due to his England duties. So I think his impact was certainly starting to kind of be seen in the latter, in those last two months. So I think (laughs) based on those two things I can I think it can be we can be confident that some of those um the progress we saw after lockdown will be carried through into the season of course we're not going to have the England international boys because they're going to be away for for a large chunk of particularly the early part of the season but when we played those games those midweek games against Worcester and and kind of most memorably against Northampton Saints when we had the um the uh the two the, the the two midweek games, you know, that was without our England boys, and we were still really uh, kind of good, and we had a lot of success in in that in that game. So I think our, our backups are a lot stronger than the Paps previously.
2: Yeah, you you either uh, back on the doom bars, G, G and uh, and slurring your words um, a little bit there, but you you, you cut up it on, um, and and you know. Charlie, we, get, we get to see what you think about this. But, you know, we, we went into the, the last part of that first section of last season. Like you say, it felt like a lifetime. You know, we lost to Bristol at home. That was a really painful defeat. We then lost 57-20 away to Exeter. And I, I think that the break, really, for this Bath squad, is, I think it was really positive. You know, we were able to um, completely start on a, on a clean slate. And Hooper... Um, and the new coaching staff were almost able to, it, it was almost a sense that pressure was off. You know, it it, it was a season like we've never seen before. Um, we had, you know, game after game, two two games every week, essentially. Um, and it felt like we were able to play with with much more freedom. We recruited really well in, in Spencer and Redpath in particular. Um, and I think having the pressure off um, our shoulders um, really allowed us to, to kind of build some confidence and and, and, and build some momentum.
0: Yeah, of course we did. It was kind of a season within a season though because uh, no one had ever been in that situation before and it was all about who could you know, adapt the best. And obviously Bath having a bit more depth, like we're able to adapt pretty well. Um, and teams like obviously ended up finishing second. But it, uh, I think obviously that's what, where I do sit a bit with you coming into this new season. There is There's kind of a few kind of doubts in mind like whether we will actually be able to carry that on through because it's going to go back to being one game a week, albeit with no kind of rest in between. But we're going to go back to one game a week where there'll be more of a level playing field for people to get their full strength team outs, uh, teams out rather than having a kind of mixture of uh, kind of first slash second team. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think there's de- definitely a load of positives that can be taken out. The signings, especially with the man himself, Ben Spencer, has been in electric form. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll just have to we'll just pull that onto this current season, this weekend. Yes,
1: just final thoughts on last season, guys. The um, club did their official awards a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Best forward and supporters player of the year went to Tom Dunn. Best back and players player of the year, Big Mac and Tries. Most improved Will Stewart and Academy player, Gabe Paymo Webb. Tom, are you happy um, and agree with, with those selections?
2: Yeah. Um yeah, I I think so. Um Tom Dunn um has as 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 always has, has put his body on the line. I've um, been hugely hugely pleased over the last couple of weeks to see him get um his first and then second um England cap. He's obviously a um you know a, a podcast favorite. Um as is as is Rory McConaughey um uh, As well, and then on as you say, on the most improved side, will Stewart has, has come on leaps and bounds from um from from the time that he 's joined you know he was always promising at wasps we 've spoken about how disappointed Uh, young was to to lose him Um, you know I'll I'll, I'll put it in there as well I predicted that he'd um, he'd make that that first England squad and he's he's come on um, uh, leaps and leaps and bounds as I say and I think testament to that was yesterday G um, against a very strong Georgia pack to hold his own in the way that he did at 24 years of age um, with the 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 lack of experience he's had at at top level Um, he's a he's a serious prospect
1: yeah first first you know, first full season of internet, of professional rugby, really, because I mean, he was in and out of that WASP team at the start. So, yeah, a huge, um, a hugely exciting player, as is Gabe Haymer Webb, who won the uh, academy player of the season. Right, boys, let's look ahead to this season, starting obviously on Saturday against Newcastle uh, and, and kind of no new players in. Um, Charlie, were you surprised that there were kind of no players added to the squad?
0: Sorry, mate. You cut out there. I I don't know what the question is. Oh, sorry, were you
1: surprised that there were uh, no new
0: players added to the squad? Um, well, not really, because we we made all our signings over the um, we made all our signings kind of over restart break. So I think uh, if you don't really need to read too much into that, because they've been made, and that was a squad.
1: Apologies, we had a couple of um, internet issues there, but we should be uh, back on track. Um, so, Charlie, talk us through uh, for the second time you know, your thoughts on uh, whether you are surprised or not uh, about Bath not strengthening their squad at all. The
0: beauty of uh, of, of, of <laughs> Zoom podcasts, but yeah, um, I so I'm not like really surprised. The um, fact we haven't brought anyone in because we already had during the during the kind of restart period where people's contracts are up so that was our recruitment for the 2020-21 season so uh, it's kind of already been done um, but I am surprised uh, that no extra 10 has come into the squad I mean we saw a glimpse of Orlando Bailey obviously um, uh, from the academy and um, we may see more of him this coming season therefore but uh, uh that's kind of the only uh hole in our kind of recruitment plan if 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 you guys would agree with that
1: yeah let's talk about the fly half position guys then i know we're going to talk a little bit about some other position areas of strength and weakness but um tom is it a positive or a negative do you think that bath haven't signed uh, a fly half ahead of the upcoming season
2: well, I think it shows um, an incredible amount an, an astonishing amount of faith in in Rhys Priestland. Um, and whilst I think probably last season was his best season in a in a Bath shirt, um, you know he's been playing consistently fairly well. Um, you know, to have all our eggs in in the Rhys Priestland basket seems, as Charlie says, uh, absolutely crazy. I mean, you know, he's 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 played a lot of rugby, Rhys Priestland. He's thirty three years old. Um, the chances of him not picking up a niggle um for some part of a 7 month season in the premiership and europe um is is um uh, you know is, is very slim indeed no so um yeah exactly with, with yeah with with so little rest in, uh, and no pre-season as you say um yeah it it seems crazy i mean my view is that they, they must be looking um, they must be looking to to bring someone in. I think Orlando Bailey's obviously shown promise, but you can't expect him to to step in no. um, to top-flight Premiership games and and start. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it? The you know the the rumour mill continues. I mean, gee, we're we gonna.
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, you can, sorry, Tom, to come in, I think you can expect Orlando Bailey to kind of step in and play. I think that must be what they are expecting because the eggs surely aren't all in the Reese's basket basket. There's
0: lot of weight on a young lad. Of like, course it is. And, it, and it's, I mean, that kind of puts kind of Bath's season potentially on a knife edge on of such course. an important, like, such an important position.
1: Of course, um, uh, of course. But I think that they, they're not, signing a fly half even kind of just a backup one from from the championship for say shows that they do have a lot of faith in it and we have seen that these young fly halves in the premiership can come in and, and have a huge impact Marcus Smith and Joe Simmons have had huge impacts Jake Mann yeah. had huge impacts yeah. for their, their squads so I think you know <laughs> We don't know because we don't see this guy day to day, but the way that Bath have kind of gone about this suggests to me that they believe wholeheartedly that Orlando Bailey can and will step into that fly half-shirt if needed. And and whether we think that's the right decision or not, I don't know, but we've got to wait and see him play. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, Smith and um, Umaga, like you say, they broke through, um, but they were in the, the 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 senior squads of their respective clubs when they're expected to do so. If Bath thought that um, that Bailey, Orlando Bailey, was you know the 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 genuine number two to Reese Priestland, why is he still not even part of our? Our senior squad; he's still named as a as an academy player. So I think the other way of looking at this, and um, gee, I don't want to, you know, don't mean to, to get your uh, blood pressure up too much, but the other way of looking at this is that they believe that Josh Matavasi, friend of the podcast, um, is the viable number two option in the in the number ten shirt, or they are they're looking elsewhere um, in the squad. You know, um, I noticed Tom De Glanville, obviously, is still named as a as a fly half for utility back on the on the on the on the on the website, I, you know, I, I, I just think it's strange that if, as you're saying, um, they are looking to to give Orlando Bailey a real shot, um, why haven't they brought him up and um, and given him a um, a contract in that senior squad? Put your money where
0: your mouth is. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah I know, I,
0: so going back to it, though, Gabe, like you say, is this is it a positive or a negative? I think you kind of got to beat around the bush. Like, you, sorry, you can't really beat around the bush. It's clearly negative that we've only got one. 10 one out and out 10 in, wow. in the squad I but I positive. think the positive you can take from it no but the positive I think you take from it is uh, clearly waiting for the right guy rather than just just trying to get someone in and that's or, clearly what they're waiting for they're kind of playing the long game on it
1: or they think they've already got the right guy and he's named Orlando Bailey and that's he's not in the squad yeah okay he's not officially in this <laughs> in the senior squad, but he, he, he's not going to be he's not the first choice by half is he so I, I think there is definitely a thought within the Bath uh, coaching staff that Orlando Bailey can and um, probably will have to play fly half at some point this season. So
0: he's so he's saying that he's gonna he's going to have the 22 jersey on his back when it comes to uh, Newcastle game this weekend.
1: No, I think that probably, is I is that, that what probably, you're saying? Because no, I think they will probably have who, who covers fly half. I think that Labor Space is covering fly half,
0: but I do think
1: at some point this season we will see Orlando Bailey. Um, and I think the way I look at it, because I'm terrible, terribly optimistic, is that it's a positive because they obviously really believe that they've already got the guy and they don't want to go out and um, sign someone that you know, would kind of be a progress stopper to Orlando Bailey. So yeah, trying to spin it positive, obviously, but um, it's a fascinating one to watch
0: despite there still being kind of transfer rumours well, yeah. sent out today about, you know, Marcus Smith uh, being wanted by, by Stuart Hooper. I mean, Hooper said it himself. So why is he, why is he talking that talk? If, uh, if he, if he, if he knows that he's got the guy.
2: Well, I think Hooper, Hooper yeah, Hooper as he always does kind of was pretty diplomatic, denied it, um, you know, in, in, in his when he was asked that so he's sort of still under contract. Um, um, with with Harlequins, as you say, um, but it is interesting. Nice and I, like it say, the other the other way, well, and, and and Smith had to um, take um, kind of a obviously a, a you know a, a reduction on his contract during the contract um, with with Harlequins, you know, as as, as a lot of players did. Um, and the understanding is that on that basis, he might have a, a kind of clause in the contract which would allow him to break that. Um, break that contract so we will see because like you said the other way of looking at this is they haven't um, brought up Orlando Bailey. we only have one fly half in the senior squad um, and that's a fact so the other way is of looking at it is that news is about to break um, and, you know, it could be, it could be um, names in the hat, boys. It could be, who, what is it? Gareth Ayneskin we've had, Andre Pollard, Danny Cipriani, Marcus Smith. For the, um, for, say the your record, pick?
1: for the record, there is absolutely no way we will sign Marcus Smith before this
0: season. <laughs> no way. What is, where's that come from? No, no, not before this season, but, you know, uh, okay stranger stranger things have happened this year Uh, I'm not going to dispute that one one, um, final point on on the 10 jersey obviously um, you know Rhys Priestland his his kind of form goes uh, you know it's boom and bust if you like and he's been booming uh, certainly since the restart and Tommy said it's one of the best seasons uh, in a bar shirt and I think that was great but do you think that was also partly to the fact that he's just been fully handed the reins and that's what the, ever since board left I think we've we've always had kind of We've never really known who our first choice tenant. So I think that is also a positive way to look at it. That hmm. he's 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 got the reins. He's not always looking over his shoulder to see if if Freddie's going to steal the jersey. And then when Freddie comes in, he's looking over his shoulder, and none of them can string any form together. Yeah, so that, that is a positive.
2: Yeah, he's always he's always been the safe bet um, uh, with a Mercurial Ten as the alternative with Ford and Burns, like you say. But he he seems to be going better. But you know, he's as I say, he's thirty three years old. Um, it, it's crazy. To, to pin all our hopes in, you know, what some people would argue is the, you know, the most important position on the, on the field, um, not having another kicker necessarily, um, as well. Um, yeah, seems, um, seems odd, but maybe you're right, G, maybe it will be Orlando Bailey and he'll be the next success story following Smith and Umaga. Um, or, um, um, maybe we're about to bring in, um, bring in a, a big money name. We all see. Yeah, we will see. And I think just finally to finish this off, I think
1: it's also helped that he's got kind of the best scrum half in the league playing inside him. I think that was a huge part of the success he had, certainly Um, post-lockdown. Looking at some other areas of the squad then, Tom, um, why don't you pick out an area maybe of particular strength that that you see heading into uh, the 2021 season?
2: Or well, anyone that's listened to this 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 podcast probably isn't going to be surprised by um, by what I'm going to say. Um, but yeah, it's is the 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 front row's been um, been great this season. Um, I think the you know the, the signings that we made, the the three guys, three young guys that we brought in prior to the 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 start of last season, um, have. Have, have been have been brilliant and come on leaps and bounds as I've said. Looking towards the end of the season, you know we we struggled in the scrum against Saracens and and Exeter, um, but I do think those are anomalies. Really, you know the. Um, Game after game, week after week, um, the, the volume of um, um, minutes of rugby that those, those guys were expected to play, um, I think started to take its toll. But if you look at the squad going forwards, you know, Abano, um, Lewis Boyce and, and Vaughan, I guess, you know, on the loose head side, uh, Dunn, Walker and Batty and then Stewart, Judge and Thomas. Um, that is a, a, you know a front row <clears throat> selection choice. Um, that um, I think will be very difficult, actually, for, for Stuart Hooper when they are all fit. Um, and I think, you know, um, any club would be, um, um, would be very envious of. So, um, yeah, I think continue to have real, real strength and depth in, in, in that area. Um, and I think it will continue, as Hooper said, to be kind of the, the cornerstone of our game, look to dominate teams at set-piece and, and, and more time um, and, and kind of play off the, the, the back of that strong foundation.
1: Yeah, and that's just the props you named there, Tom. The front row as a whole is such an st- area of strength for for this team. The props you mentioned there and then Dunn, Walker, Batty and Doherty. No, I did, did mention them. Oh, did you? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're rambling on. I think I, uh, I I switched off a little bit. Yeah, But yeah, the front row is exactly what um, what I uh, had highlighted as well. And kind of the, the point I was going to make is just how young these guys are and, and therefore only going to get better. You know, you take Thomas... Kind of out of it for, 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 for this argument and, and you look at Stuart, Benno, Boyce, Judge and Vaughan as the props you know who's the most experienced guy there probably Benno Urbana who's 26 years of age so yeah they've got so much potential and the improvements that they made under the coaching of um of Neil Hatley and, of, and look at the coaching of Mark Lilly was remarkable last season. And, and as a prop, you only kind of mature into playing your best rugby in your late 20s. So those guys are only going to to get better. Um, just before we move off the uh, props, Charlie, and, and come to you for an area of strength, I think it is important just to note that um, Nathan Catt retired a couple of weeks ago. 12 years at the club, 170 appearances. Tom, I know when we first started this podcast, you were a huge fan of his work. So disappointed, I'd imagine, to to kind of see him leave.
2: Oh, massively, yeah. It, you know, um, it's always sad to see um, you know, players not go out on their their own terms. You know, he's been battling um, through his injury troubles um, for the last you know eighteen months or so. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, I think in um, that first season that we did of this podcast, I think we collectively named him kind of player of the season. Um, you know, just thinking back, he was he was an absolute force um, for Bath. You know, always very aggressive, tenacious character. Um, uh, um, carrier always gave, um, um, always was the you know the, the most knackered-looking bloke on the field at the end of the uh, the game. <laughs> so yeah, really sad to see um, to see see him go, G.
1: Yeah, Charlie, uh, an area of strength that that
0: you see coming into the season. Um, well, it's, it's got to be at nine, surely. I know we've kind of touched mm. upon it, but Spencer is he completely. Like he led the way, uh, led the charge um, when he joined the club. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, none of us, I don't think, can understand why he's not in that England squads currently. Uh, but I, I think from a Bath point of view, can't be complaining too much <laughs> because it's great to have him about. Because yeah, he's uh, he just brings that team alive. Um, His box kicking phenomenal. He's distributing and he kind of, he kind of helps to get. Uh, it's get the most out of all the players around him, so um, I think you can only see that as a as a as a massive plus point. Yeah,
1: and what a difference a year makes as well. Because you know this has been such an area of weakness for Bath now for a number of seasons, really ever since Peter Stringer left. So yeah, hugely excited to see more of Ben Spencer in a Bath shirt, but also hopefully the backup this season will be Max Green, who you guys have kind of spoken. I think we've spoken more about Max Green than almost anyone else, and he's barely played any rugby since we started in the podcast. But um, yeah, hopefully he'll he'll kind of stay injury free this season and prove that he, he's kind of the second best scrum half in, in that squad. So yeah, scrum half for a change certainly does look like it's going in the right direction. And if we do have to play uh, a young guy at fly half, like I potentially imagine we might, then um, having uh, having a, a, an experienced head like Spencer inside of him will be uh, hugely positive Um, moving on guys to kind of an area of of weakness perhaps uh, and I'll kick it off Uh, and I think I think I actually found this harder to pinpoint than I have in usual seasons in in, in seasons gone by sorry because I think that there are depth uh, in all positions which is a a testament to the recruitment of the coaches and, and the recruitment staff over the past few seasons the only area I kind of worried a little bit about was just depth at number eight so I think we can kind of almost assume we'll see very little of Talupe Falatao this season and therefore we're kind of relaxed and changed well exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're relying then on on Zach Mercer playing every week at number eight if we want to play an out and out eight. I know Josh Bayliss has done a little bit of work there, um, but that's really Charlie Hughes. Wow, well, yeah, Charlie Hughes' first, first game was at number eight. But um, I do worry that potentially if we do get an injury to Mercer, we're kind of left without what I would class as kind of out and out number eight, which I do think is is important, and we, we miss it when we don't have one.
2: But you forget one very important point, G, and that's that Zach Mercer is unbreakable, and unmovable, (laughs) Um, despite having the noodle arms that he does. um, uh, Now, it will be great for for Mercer to get some game time. Did you see the um, kind of rumours that Montpellier have kind of been been circling? Um, So, yeah, really keen for him to get some real game time in his legs and to, to kind of remind himself that, um, you know, Bath is the, the club for, for him. But yeah, you know, I think you're right. There are some other options, aren't there? Tom Ellis um, has played a little bit of number eight. Um, I quite like to see um, uh, Mike Williams um, pick up the ball and uh, from the back of the scrum and, and run at someone. We could have a, um, a James Phillips, Chris Pennell kind of situation on our hands um, if he did. Um, but yeah, I think you're right for, for a back row that is so, um, yeah, so talented, and um, um, uh, you know, particularly with some of those some of those young guys coming through, Bayless Reed that you mentioned. Um, you're right that he will be kind of the only out and out number eight that we'll um, that 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 will have. So same as the Priestson thing, I guess. G, you know whether you view that as a, a kind of a bit of a positive, and that he'll get plenty of game time um um uh, or, or maybe we'll be bringing a big a big ni- big name number 8 who knows we've got a big um, name
1: number 8 and it's remarkable that we kind of sit here and we've got you know arguably one of the best number 8s in the world but we just kind of don't even consider him to be uh, an influence on the season which really just shows kind of a how little an impact he's been able to have since his time at bath obviously talking about faletau but b kind of the hectic schedule of of international rugby that we've got um Really does make it seem that we 're not going to see much of him, uh, Tom, an area of, of weakness that you 've identified
2: i had, i had um I'd fly half written down. So, and I think we've done that one to death. Yeah. So, I'm same. Um,
0: so uh, I think
2: uh, if, gee, if we all, if we all separately pick, um, um, uh, one position group of strength, one of weakness, we'll cover everything, won't we? So, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I put your minds at rest anyway about the fly half position boys. So, uh, yeah, trust me, there's no need to worry about, Let's move on, boys, to the look ahead to some of the fixtures uh, and kind of talk a little bit about this hectic schedule, which we've alluded to a couple of times. We've got a game every weekend now until the end of March, and you know that's that's either a prem game or a European Cup game. There's no European, there's no Premiership Rugby Cup to kind of play uh, a second team. That's a Premiership game or a European Cup game every weekend till the end of March.
2: And they're all televised. How oh, nice! <laughs>
1: so, yeah, remarkable that um, that is kind of what the players face, especially given just how much rugby they played just after the first lockdown. Charlie, do you see kind of the this um, hectic this schedule, one game after another, as as a positive for Bath, or could it kind of lead to a downfall for us?
0: Um, I think it's fairly positive because I think as you've kind of mentioned we've got quite good strength like in depth across the squad and, and, and as a squad it, it, it's uh, it, it's going to be important to have uh, to have you know, more players who can be switched in switched out and rested obviously not at fly half but um, uh, that is it's yeah so it's, it's going to mean that if you're on if you're on a roll if you're on good form you, you're, you're going to be able to you're not going to have these kind of interruption weekends where you kind of wrestle the players and sometimes you can see teams fall off a cliff so in, in that respect it's positive but then Bath more than anyone else are going to be without half the team and that's where I kind of got this 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 worry because they're going to be off with international duty for a lot of the season I've obviously got the Autumn Nations Cup coming up for the next well, four or five weeks so first first kind of important chunk of the season then there'll be the Six Nations Um, And then whenever these players uh, come back, they've got to be rested for two weeks or something like that. Uh, Then um, also what is, I suppose, different to usual international periods is the fact that because you've now got international bubbles, you've got uh, 32 players um, in a squad travelling to all these games. So even if uh, we're missing eight players away with with England at at the moment... um, something like that and despite not all eight of those players in this in the kind of match day 23 they're still unavailable to Bath and that's obviously makes it even worse We Bath lose out more than anyone else so yeah it's that's I think where kind of the trepidation that Tom's talking about hangs most um, for me
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a really good point, Charlie, actually, because sometimes you see if the players aren't in the 25, that they do get released back to their clubs, which can be really helpful. But yeah, the bubbles, you know, we don't know how long they're going to last, but they they do kind of make that impossible and I think England players are going to miss the 10 of the first 14 weeks of the season and that's just games so obviously there you're not including the rest period they have to have when they get back from England so I do think we can kind of kiss goodbye uh, uh, seeing most of those players uh, for the first half of the season which is just hugely disappointing Tom.
2: Yeah and I think looking, looking at how that actually corresponds to the fixtures so I think the um, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think they obviously they missed the first three weeks of the, the premiership season with um with the uh, you know for the autumn international um the autumn nations cup. Um and then the um you know they're likely to be back for that sort of pre Christmas period um during which we have the the European Cup games. So um yeah, I think we'll we'll essentially be missing um our international players um for about the first half, um the first eleven or so games of that. Premiership season um, which is you know it, it's just huge and I, I, I think it, it, it's a really good point about the the kind of fringe players because at the moment like you say we've got we've got eight players playing but there's feasibly you know a few more a few you know three or four more players there who could potentially scrape into the wider squad for for England um, so I was just having a kind of a little look down the squad and thinking about it and you know potentially optimistic but we could have the following players involved in international duty. So Dunn, Yule's, Falatau, Abano, Stewart, Underhill, Big Joe, De JJ, um, Big Macintries, Spencer and Watson. Um, so that's 12 players or, or 30% of our 40-man squad that we will be missing. So essentially, in that situation, we will have 28 players in our senior squad. So, um, you know, the the full 23 and then five additional players ready to take on the first half of the the premiership season. So I think it's unfortunately difficult to to understate how big an impact this is going to have <clears throat> on this season. Um, and I don't know, from, from my point of view, it leaves me in a bit of a difficult position because I'm a Bath fan before I'm an England fan. Um, and that is why I like, obviously, uh, you know, Feel immense amount of pride for these guys when they get their England caps, but when Eddie Jones is for some reason not picking Ben Spencer, not picking Rory McConaughey, um, you know, refusing to to to, to put Thorgan Seeger in the in the starting squad, for example, part of me um, is a little bit relieved, and I, I don't know if that's the wrong way of looking at it, boys, but um, I, I think that is really Eddie Jones. Um, is the the key man for Bath this season, essentially? <laughs> Charlie, you're sporting a, a lovely looking England shirt there. Mm, very nice. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, I'm in complete agreement. Like, uh, it's 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 gonna be hugely influential in our season. now I perform, like, there's names that Tom reeled off. None of them are. They've all been involved this year. So, uh, yeah, it's it's. It's, it's just worrying um, and
1: just, just I've got because that. doesn't make a remarkable return for Wales then then we really <laughs> yeah. are a spot <laughs> yeah of course.
2: how would it go do you reckon so I was just thinking about this like we say we're short and it gets it really shitters the fan massively so do you reckon it's Priestland Bailey Matavesi um, you know, yeah, you could get a situation where you know we've got four scrum halves in the squad. Which of those guys are going to be like, right? I'll do a Conor Murray. Conor Murray did on uh, um, at the weekend. I'll step up into the um, the ten shirt. Probably Ben Spencer could probably do it, couldn't he? Yeah, he,
1: he could do anything he puts his mind to in a bath shirt. But I do think Cam Redpath. Could play ten. I I still believe that he. When I when I watch him play, he's got the attributes to play fly half. So I do think he could do it. Spencer could probably do it. Um, and, and Big Mac and tries. You know what can't he do? So he could probably do it as well. So
2: will
0: will, will um, Big Josh Matavesi potentially be off with Fiji? Uh,
2: don't think so. I don't think he's in the squad. Is he not? Well, they've all got COVID, haven't they? So maybe we'll get a call up.
0: <laughs> exactly. He's not. He's, it's certainly not far no the
1: the way he's playing as well (laughs) so we really will have no one yeah I I think a
0: couple of dummies
1: it's so difficult to kind of understage just how like vital that is um but you know, that's been a problem that the the, the club have been aware of for, for based on their recruitment. So hopefully uh, we'll get a bit better luck with injury this season and that will kind of counteract the the, the issues we've had in this past when it's been a combination of injury and England call ups. But um yeah. luck's gonna play a huge yeah. role. Yeah, 'cause I, I, guess, I, I guess I guess the players the players <laughs> are so
2: well rested, aren't they? So yeah, we should be should be fine as far well as that goes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um lastly then boys uh, on this the Premiership rugby um decided uh, a couple of weeks ago that they um weren't going to allow postponements in games so if you do have an outbreak like uh, what happened at Sale at the back end of last season it will be a a, a 20 Nil defeat, five points to the other team. Obviously, no points for yourself. Um, I don't think there was really anything to to, to kind of analyse here, but I think it's important just to point out that you know that could come back to to, to, to bite us in the bum as well. So um yeah, that that section of the podcast probably wasn't the um, most positive uh, aspect. But yeah, I guess the the reality of, of of maybe Bath's success last season is kind of now starting to um, take its toll on, on the squad. Part of the hectic schedule, as we've touched on, boys, is the European Cup. Um, Charlie, you have been tasked um, with <laughs> explaining how this European Cup uh, works. So um, what? what is your
0: Yeah, what a shambles this this competition is. It's yeah, the last thing we need is is an immensely difficult competition to understand. You know, how it works. So I've I've done my best. I'm not sure that uh, I entirely uh, understand it still, but uh, I'll try to give it kind of a brief explanation uh, where possible. So, uh, all of the teams, the top eight teams from uh, the top 14, the Premiership and the Pro 14, they've all been seeded um, kind of one to eight um, based on where they finished in the leagues. uh, And then they've divided those teams up into two pools, pool A, pool B. Um, each with twelve teams in them, and uh, the way it works uh, is that uh, if you are in tier one, uh, tier two, so yeah, if you're in tier one, which is the first and second ranks teams uh, in, in the leagues, you will play uh, teams in tier four. So people who finish seventh and eighth in the league, and in tier two and tier three, you play each other as well. There's two. Uh, there's two games one home one away uh and you will uh sorry there's 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 four games that you play against two different teams uh you have home and away fixtures and uh you play people who uh, are within your tiers but not in your league and that's the way it works so everyone plays different teams it's not the same kind of four teams or playing against each other if you understand so uh, Bath uh, are up against La Rochelle and Scarlets which is isn't a bad uh, draw um, La Rochelle are currently running uh, top of the top 14 so uh, we'll have to monitor how they're doing but that's uh, going to prove to be a pretty difficult fixture um, Scarlets are also second in their conference in the top 14 so uh, uh that's probably the easier game, um, but we're just gonna have to, yeah, we're just gonna have to to wait and see how all these teams can handle um, the busy schedule. I suppose.
1: Yeah. So once we do those four games, then I think it's split in half. Then isn't it Champions Cup and Challenge Cup, and then you play quarterfinals of those competitions. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's then it's then uh, it's two-legged quarterfinals. So uh, yeah. Sorry, I should have gone on to explain that. Um, yeah, if you if you finished in uh, the, the top four teams in each pool, will go through to the quarterfinals, uh, home and away quarterfinals, and then it's just a straight uh, semi-final shootout. Here is the other interesting part, though. I believe that um, uh, if you finish fifth to eighth uh, in your pool, you then go through to the, the round of sixteen in the European Challenge Cup. So. If you you don't just get knocked out uh, of the competition, uh, you go through to a round of uh, sixteen in the Challenge Cup, and leave you play the the other teams who've competed in the Challenge Cup competition.
1: But is that there, there isn't a Challenge Cup? Is there? I think this is it. I,
0: the, the, well, this is what I've been reading today. So uh, I and maybe I, there's I, another I, Challenge Cup going on, but basically, unless, yeah. What Bath needs to do is try and you know
1: do as well as possible in these first four games against La Rochelle and Scarlets, hope they're in the top eight teams and qualify for the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup. If we don't, and we're in the, five, the teams five to eight, we'll be in the Challenge Cup. And if we don't do that, we'll be out and we'll get a couple of weekends off. Yeah, exactly. Do your exactly. best to beat, do, do beat Scarlets and La Rochelle and then
2: <laughs> see what happens, I think. The <laughs> exactly. The message is super. So the option is... The the upshot is try and win all games that you're playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: Good. Uh, Tom, oh. any thoughts on um, maybe not the the
1: um, the kind of competition layout as Charlie so beautifully described, but more about the two teams that we'll be up against? Have you got any? Uh, well,
2: I, I saw I saw La Rochelle on the the fixture list, and I thought, oh, that is great news. Um, you know, obviously we've had we've had some great away days to um uh, to lose and Clement Auvergne over the last two seasons and La Rochelle was um uh, you know, as 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 I think my the French team that I follow most, um I was really looking forward to to going out there. But um yeah, I think it's the nineteenth of <clears throat> December, um so just the week before Christmas for the away fixture at La Rochelle. So um unfortunately that's uh Um, not looking likely with the restrictions we're we're facing Um, to be fair you've
0: probably got more chance of getting across La Rochelle than you do getting across to Scarletts to Wales Wales is if you leg anyone in or out at the moment
2: (laughs) I would have to want to go to uh, Scarletts though (laughs) that's true
0: Yeah, I do think it was a pretty simple selection of
1: which away they would pick out of those two. But um, maybe we'll get to the quarterfinals, uh, draw another French super, super mm. powerhouse, and then we can go there um, when we've all been vaccinated. But um, yeah, the finals we'll in the
0: future. The finals will be in Marseille, like they were supposed to be uh, this year, though. So that could be quite a good, good little trip down to Provence yeah, if we if we can manage it.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> can you sort can you sort that out for us, Bath, please? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um right yeah uh moving from uh Marseille to another beautiful part of the world uh, and Newcastle uh to preview Thanks. our first uh game of the season Tom on Saturday at 12:30 um the newly promoted Newcastle what sort of a test do they pose to this part side
2: it's it's always very very difficult to say when you've got a you know a, a newly promoted side i think from from a bath perspective the main thing i would say is that the opening um you know four or five fixtures that we've got in the premiership are probably the ideal way you'd want to start you know newcastle um, at home um you know the the perfect way really to to build a bit of momentum as we did um in the second half of that season against london irish and and, and leicester build up the confidence um yeah i think newcastle you know very difficult to to know what to expect. Um, obviously only you know a couple of years out of the Premiership, so a lot of their squad um, will have Premiership experience. Um, some kind of old um, war horses. Um, they've got in there. Um, you know, looking down there, the, the you know the the side that, or, or their squad, sorry. Um, so Logavi, Mulapola, um Callum Sheik, uh, Mickey Young at nine, obviously ex Bath. Um, Toby Flood, who is some, somehow um, still chugging along and has been in the the twelve shirt um more latterly. Um and then, you know, some some talent as well. Johnny Williams, Adam Radwan. Um he was kind of um touted to be the next best thing before um before they're relegated. So you know I think there's some, some some talent there, but you know, let's not beat around the bush. They are They've clearly Luth as well. Sorry? Big Luther yeah Luther Burrell. Yeah Lutheran Rom
1: Mattavasi as well. Cooper Voona.
2: Oh, well, well, good to see Cooper yeah. back in action. Healthy, so yeah. yeah he's great.
1: W- yeah, 2018 I, all over again.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you know we, we they're clearly one of the weakest sides in the league. Whether it's them, whether it's London Irish, or whether it's <laughs> Leicester Tigers, um, we will we'll, we'll find out. I'm going to stop
0: you there though, Tom, because I, I've heard this chat in the past. Bristol were down; they were going to be relegated by Christmas. Uh, <laughs> a couple of seasons. I didn't together. say
2: which Christmas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I think you actually uh, I think we should be a little cautious about really? uh, about this I don't think we can expect it to be smooth sailing I think newly promoted teams always have something to prove uh, on the first game look at um, that. That treacherous game when we got uh, overturned by Bristol at Ashton Gate, first game of the season after they after they were promoted. You then look at you know, London Irish turning over Harlequins at mm. Twickenham, you know, the year the year before. Like these teams turn up with a lot to prove, and I think uh, I don't think you should. They, they would have been building for this game for such a long time, well, and well, exactly. they would have had their eyes on well, it yeah, such a long, long time, and,
1: yeah. They haven't played a game of rugby in two hundred and fifty-three days. They're going to and be fresh. I can't think about it. Fresh,
0: rusty. Come on, Charlie. We're, we're physically fresh. Um, pardon physically me? fresh. Pardon? They're going to be physically fresh. Physically uh, fresh. Yes, yeah. 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 They. Yeah. They'll probably be a few cobwebs that need to be blown out, but I think you know they've they've they what they've just had a couple of games against Ealing, which. Thank they God. lost
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> look, all I'm saying all I'm saying is don't don't think it's going to be smooth sailing I, I hope I hope I'm, I'm, I'm eating my words but I think yeah I, I think these teams always have a point to prove and mm-hmm. uh, I think complacency can easily come in when you know you've got yeah it's going to be a nice perfect game kind of to start the season kind of get ourselves warmed up with, you know, who else would you nice who
2: else would you rather play Leicester. Fine, Leicester. That's probably the only one. And we're playing them fourth. We're playing them kind of third or fourth yeah, game. Yeah, we are we? Yeah,
0: that's that is a good point. Um we've got quite a nice run in apart from Exeter, obviously uh playing the double champs um uh, at Sandy
2: Park, I think. Second yeah, second game So but
0: it's, it, we've it, got Newcastle, um, Exeter, Worcester,
2: Oh, yeah. gone. Yeah.
0: Well no, you you, you told me through I'm just going for
2: Whoa. memory. Well, so it's, it's it's yeah, it's Newcastle at home, extra away, um, Worcester away, and then um, the European Cup games you mentioned, and then um, London Irish at home and Leicester yeah. away. So yeah, that's That's a nice. pretty ideal.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a so perfect. Hopefully, we can...
2: You know, I, I think I think as well. Um, you know, clearly we're going to carry some kind of momentum from the last season into. Um, in, in, into this season it'll essentially feel like the same season for a lot of the players um, having not really had a pre-season so um, you know I, I, I'd expect if we carry on any semblance of the form that we showed towards the end of last season that we, we should do a relatively comfortable job but I would say obviously we will be missing our um, um, our international contingent um, and so it will be a good barometer as to, to where we actually are you know if we scrape past Newcastle um at home if they don't play particularly well, nor do we it's an ugly game um then suddenly those kind of fears and the trepidation that we've been talking about uh, they start to they they start to grow into um kind of more material material concerns um you know we're we're, we're on the crest of a wave with this bar side at the moment and i'm 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 confident for a good season um personally i mean i always am, but i think there's genuine reason to be to be confident um and i, I think we'll do um we should do a fairly um you know, a fairly comfortable comfortable job on Saturday.
1: Yeah, so just finally, boys, um before we wrap up this, this pre-season preview, let's kind of do a couple of overall predictions, kind of a holistic view of how we think the season is going to go. Charlie, I don't need to come to you because you think we're clearly going to get relegated if we're going to get turned over by this. Uh, <laughs>
0: I'm not car. saying we're going to get turned <laughs> yeah, over. I'm not saying, saying right we're going to get, at get home, turned over. So, um... No, I'm just saying, I think it's going to be a, a, a closer closer match than you would think. It's you the, think, Tom, you just said we're going to be missing all of our international contingent. There's yeah. uh, There are no crowds um, which massively take away the home advantage. I mean, just look at the results uh, since rugby's restarted. Uh, and then uh, you add, add, add into the fact that the, that the points that I've just made about it's a team that's just been promoted. These guys have got to turn up with points to prove. And I I think I think it's going to be a lot closer. I I I think we will scrape past them, and I think we will win the game. It's not scrape past necessarily. I think I think we'll win the game, but I don't think it's 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 going to be it's going to be a humping or anything like that. I I can see it being a
2: five five
0: point thumping.
1: Mickey Young's their club captain, you know. But where's he ranking in bar scrum half kind of pecking order? I just think oh, yeah, be horrible. yeah. There's a there's a, there's an aspect of being fresh and kind of having this game in the diary and you know wanting to make a statement and all this. But at the end of the day, this the the quality between the two teams, even without our internationals, is vast. And and if Bath don't put a really strong five point uh, win on on Saturday, I'll, I'll be extremely surprised. Extremely surprised.
2: How many times have we said that that we're you know we're we're better on paper and then we we slip up? But I do think um, we kind of started to address that and become more consistent
1: uh, past lot and I understand that we had our our, our England guys um, playing for us, but I just think that this side is a different side to the one kind of, uh, of a yeah. team, you know, and I really am confident of beating Newcastle on Saturday, and I'm confident of a good season, guys, um, and, and kind of let's do some. Um, kind of predict maybe a couple of, of, of awards that will be given out at the end of the season. Um, Tom, why don't you give us an idea of who you think uh, will turn out to be Bart's player of the 2020-2021 season?
2: Yeah, th- th- this is a tough one because I think you have to look past potentially some of the guys that that won the awards for this this season gone by. Um, some of the you know, big names that obviously everyone's aware of because of the... The, the, the international clashes that we've we've spoken about. Um, there are two players, guys, that I am really looking forward to, to seeing. I hope remain injury-free. Um, first one in the backs, first one in the forward, sorry, uh, Miles Reid, who um, I've been a huge fan of um, since he um, came through into the senior squad has been playing. He's obviously picked up an injury last season, which was a shame, but I think whenever he's um, on the pitch, he seems to be everywhere. Um, And not just because he, you know, he stands out with his, um, with his uh, orange hair. Um, But um, yeah, so hugely looking forward to seeing him. And then the other one is Cam Redpath, um, who I actually think will be our, our player of the season. Um, Seems to be um, um, not quite yet on Eddie Jones's radar, um, which is great from a Bath perspective. allows him to kind of develop into the 12 that um, he's shown. He has so much promise, (laughs) genuine um, distributor of the ball. Um, a uh, real perfectionist, as, as Josh Matavesi was, was saying to us, um, and just looks an absolute class act. So, um, I'm going to go for, for Cam Redpath, Jay
1: Charlie. Who 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 would you think is going to be our player of the season come the end of the season? Well,
0: like, yeah, there's as Tom says, someone probably slightly uh. Not the kind of main names, like you said. Although I do think if he continues his form that, that he's been showing, Ben, ben Spencer is is just, he's he's, he's got to be in that conversation coming into the season. I'm sure, provided he doesn't get swept off with England, because um, uh, it, it's it's, it's going to be a player who's 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 around. Um, so yeah, I think hopefully Ben Spencer won't get nicked by Eddie. And um, uh, I, yeah, I, I I can't see past him.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think it it's just shows, doesn't it, kind of the impact of the the signings we made at the, the midpoint of last season. Kind of the two guys you've highlighted, Redpath and Spencer, two guys that you know weren't in the, uh, the club a year ago. So, yeah, we've spoken about the recruitment a lot. I'm going to go somewhere else, boys, and I think I'm going to go for Benno Urbano to be our player of the season. I think he's just, like we've, we've all said, just on the edge of England radar, which is perfect for Bath. Um... And he's 26 years old now. He's not really had a season where he's been 100% injury free, but pretty much saw that last season. And we saw how much of an impact he can have and just the trajectory the guy is on. Um, he, he, he's a fantastic player. And I think he's going to have a huge, huge season. Under pressure from Lewis Boyce, who's also making huge improvements. Um, yeah, I, I really am anticipating uh, an exceptionally strong season from Benno Urbano. Um, and if I was to throw a little surprise package out there at you guys, Obviously, Landy Bailey is going to be uh, the Lions starting fly half. But um, Darren Atkins is a guy that we've had on the podcast before, and I do feel like he's a little bit of a forgotten man. Um, he's an extremely exciting prospect from the academy, playing fullback or wing. Um, just hasn't played any rugby in a long time due to injury. So if he can get on the field, I think that's someone that is definitely off Bar fans' radar, but I think will be on the radar, it, it provided he stays fit coming into the season.
0: He's, he's he's still recovering from two broken ankles from Cheslin Colby, isn't he? <laughs> still, yeah, I mean, it has still, been about. Which, that long. which yeah, which is nothing to be ashamed about.
1: Yeah, it has yeah. been about that long since he played. <laughs> like he did have something about that
0: severe.
1: So.
0: Yeah, him yeah, someone but, to watch. No, that's that, that's uh, yeah, a fair shout. Uh, one surprise package I would chuck out there. We've seen the wonders that Big Mac, uh, Rory McConaughey, oh, has, you're going, has brought. I've got this one, brought, mate. You got it down. <laughs> yeah, our, our New England seven star that has been signed, Will Muir. Um, don't know much about him, but uh, I guess that the best surprises you know nothing about. So uh, <laughs> I just know he's 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 quick and he can score tries. So uh, hopefully he can be brought through the ranks by uh, by Rory and. Um, uh, we'll have, we'll have two of them in the backfield.
2: Right, yeah, I was, um, I, I had the same thing noted down, Charlie, and I was, I kind of watched some highlights, um, um, of, of kind of his, uh, some of the tries he scored, at, um, uh, for England sevens. And he looks like a really, um, powerful runner. I think they call him the horse, um, for, 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 for obvious reasons, is that? Well, not, <laughs> for, not for obvious reasons, but, um, <laughs> um, for his speed and power. Um, and yeah, he, he looks a prospect, you know, he, 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 was, he was, um, I can tell this is going to degenerate quickly if I don't get off this. So, um, uh, kind of a low yeah. charter kind of way, but he was England sevens, uh, player of the year, 2019, <clears throat> only 25. So kind of coming into his, his, his peak. Um, Yeah you know, and um, with kind of Jay, with, uh, uh, with McConaughey, Thokka um potentially Big Mac himself away. um, He might be thrown into the mix earlier than, than we expect. So yeah, yeah excited to see him get run up.
0: Uh, as soon as we pick, pick the same one. Sorry about sneaking it from you, Tom. Uh, Gabe Hamer-Webb in the backfield as well. Uh, he's, he, he's, he stepped in a couple of times this season's look quality. Uh, and I think, yeah, with, with Watson, um, Watson, uh, Big Joe McConaughey all potentially going to be away with uh, with England like for large chunks of the season. I think yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of opportunities for yeah. these these wingers um, to come through and actually get some game time. So yeah, I think well we we, we picked three wingers, yeah. uh, all three of us. So I think yeah, that is probably where the surprise packages will come.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does seem like there is a an, an opportunity for some one of those guys to step up and make uh, a Roy McConkey style impact. Finally, then boys, um, final standings prediction. Charlie, you're back. Um, lead us on.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we've got our sights firmly on top four, uh, and I think we'll be um, fighting for best of the rest behind Exeter. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to hope for a third third place finish. Hopefully we're not it's not coming down to the final the final round of games. Um uh yeah, so I I am going to say third. Uh I think when we get there, it's uh we, yeah, we we've got a pretty pretty formidable side out. Um yeah, it's just there's a couple of question marks uh, over what this kind of covid schedule back to back to back is 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 going to throw. Yeah. Um but yeah,
2: Tom I think, you know, looking looking at the league last season, it was a bit segmented. Obviously, Exeter were were dominant. Then you kind of have this pack um, with Wasps, Bristol, um, us, and Sale, and then kind of Quinn's, et cetera. And then obviously Leicester and and London Irish at the bottom, um, kind of really struggling. Um, And I think you're right, Charlie. It's going to be about how um, we can finish in that kind of pod of those those four teams. Um, Unfortunately, I, you know, I do think that we're going to be the worst affected. Um, by internationals you know Wasps will lose a few Bristol don't really lose any um, Sale will lose a few um, so yeah from, from that perspective I think top four has got to be a must you know you've got to um, do the same or better um, but I think that will be the the target and I think if we again can, can get into that um, semi-final place I think that will go down as a success for Hooper this year.
1: Yeah, I think things out of our hands are going to play a huge impact uh, on this season. So England injuries and COVID are all going to have a huge mm. impact on the season so you can't really predict that uh, and kind of taking that out of the, the question I, I think we can get second place lads I really do Exeter are, are, are far and away the best team in, in Europe in the league uh, and it's a bum fight for the rest and I genuinely think that we're kind of on the trajectory to, to be that second place team I think some things are consistent when when carried over from one season to the next and I think Set-P particularly Scrum um, having a good front row having a good set piece and being well coached in those areas is something that can be carried over from season to season uh, and based on that I really do think we've got a great chance at second place um, so yeah that's what I'm going to predict and, and the start of the season is going to be key to that we've got to get off to a really good start because the, the, the kind of strength of schedule at the start is just so so easy so yeah Bath seconds Leicester down um, and we can all have a, a, a A good end of season party when that comes round
2: any other points any other points Um, I just want to I think uh, the only thing thing I was going to mention was do you guys see the news about um, Michael Lippmann? oh yeah and not to not to bring you know and end on a kind of a down note but um, yeah really sad news um, of his um, um, you know uh, obviously uh, um you're a player uh, I remember sort of going to watch Bath in the early days kind of 2005 that kind of um uh, that, that kind of point in time he was captain um you know a really good leader in that that side during that period 10 caps for England as well um but yeah there was an article I was reading I think it was fairly well publicized with him having been diagnosed with dementia um, at only the age of of 40 um, yeah, after kind of sustaining around 30 concussions during his playing career, so clearly, you know, incredibly sad news um, for for all All Bar fans. Um, you know, I think it, it, it's really starting to show the impact, as we've seen in other sports, of the kind of increased intensity of of rugby. Um, and clearly it's an area of, of real focus at the moment with with injuries to the to the to the head and to the brain. So yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Um nothing really else to say on that other than that it's yeah, um really sad. Um and yeah, remember his um you know, his playing days well um and finally, Yeah, for sure, Tom.
1: Kind of something to to think about when we talk about um player safety uh, going through the season. Um, Charlie, thank you so much for, for coming back on. It's been great. Uh, a little bit um, rusty at the start. That was probably more my fault given my uh, terrible technical performance at the start. But um, yeah, things got back on track and yeah, great to have you back on mate.
0: Ah, great. great to be here. Thoroughly enjoyed it boys and hoping for a very positive season for the blue blacks and whites yeah thank
1: you very much for listening as well Tom thanks as ever for joining me please hit subscribe follow us across all social media at Bath Rugby Plug if it is your first um, time listening then then welcome and do follow us there and if you've listened from the start or whenever you started please just leave us a review um, on iTunes leave us five stars if you are enjoying the podcast and most importantly get in touch with us throughout the season um, with your thoughts I completely forgot to, to to introduce um, some comments from Twitter this episode but I will do that going forward so do get in touch with us with your thoughts and most importantly stick behind the boys through thick and thin.